Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's going to be tough to keep up with the scripture readers this morning. Holy smokes. Generations and descendants. Such good reading and such good singing. I, I love it. Do we have a preacher in there? You're ready to go? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Timing's everything, right? Timing is, is everything. And regarding that timing, sometimes we want things to go very quickly and be through it and over with it. And sometimes we just want to stay in a beautiful moment and find those ways to stretch out these beautiful, beautiful pieces of life. And it, and it doesn't seem like it happens the way we'd want it to happen all the time. I remember a couple weeks ago, I was supposed to be in Santa Ana at the crab cooker, and from my office to the crab cooker's about 10 minutes. Little did I know that Caltrans, in their wisdom, closed the on-ramp of the 17th Street there at the 55. And I thought, ah, you've got to be kidding me. And so I had to go all the way down, through the 5, up Newport, down El Camino Real, the person I had lunch with was very gracious. I said, what took you so long? I said, well, I'm here, aren't I? And I just wanted to get there fast. Caltrans, traffic, all of those things, it just didn't work and it drives me nuts. You probably feel that apprehension as I share that example with you. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then there's those moments that we just like to see last forever. In the evenings, my grandson comes down to the couch. After dinner, it's quiet. Comes and sits next to me and full side contact. And, and we just sit and talk. Maybe we watch a little bit of Bluey, but it always kind of disintegrates into just kind of sitting there. A very tender, quiet moment. If you're grandma and grandpa, one of these, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of us who are grandmas and grandpas, we've lived our lives so quickly that those moments that matter the most, we'd like to just sit in as long as we possibly can and love those moments just to stay. In our text this morning, so beautifully read by the second graders, God's timing is on display and God's timing is, seems so erratic to us. You look at it and think, well, why don't you move more quickly? Well, why don't you move more slowly? Why don't you get your calendar out, Lord, and we'll, we'll, we'll sync our calendars up. You, you shoot me that appointment on your iPhone, and, and, and I'll be there. It'll be great. I'll be right on time and good to go. But by the time Genesis 17 comes here, Abraham's old. And I don't mean a little old. I mean old. God's visited before when Abraham was a younger guy and he made the similar promises. He said, I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to give you lots, to, lots of descendants. And by the way, I'm going to bless the whole world through you. And I'll see you in 56 years or so. And so God comes back. 
And he restates that covenant to Abraham. He says, you're going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to make you very fruitful. And I will be your God and your descendants and you. You will be my people. And both Abraham and Sarah laughed. Timing. God said years ago to Abraham, I'll give you a big family. And up to that point, they had exactly zero children. And now Sarai was 90 and Abraham 99. And yet God comes and says, next year at this time is going to be you too and a little guy named Isaac. Sarah and Abraham's time for conceiving a baby, not even Dr. Hatch could handle that. I'm not sure what they thought except that they thought it was pretty funny that God's timing and all these promises and all this thing and now they were old and dried up and done and God says here we go we're gonna make it happen now now you can have a baby and I'm sure at 90 sir I said you got to be kidding me my knees my hips the pliability the flexibility all the hormones and all the stuff and they don't even have prenatal vitamins here in Israel God said, I got this. God says, going to be all right. You're on my calendar and my schedule. Just relax, Abraham. Have a good laugh because when I come back again, there's going to be a baby there. So how's your life going? What timing is off in your life? Things that are going quickly that you'd rather were going slowly. Things that are going slowly that you'd rather just speed up. Sometimes in our lives we want a painful episode to go very, very quickly and get all of the emotion and all of the circumstance through this pipe. And it seems like we're just pinned down in this circumstance. And if it's a work thing, then we dread going to work. And it's a family thing, then we dread going home. And if it's an interpersonal thing, then we avoid that with... If it's a specific piece of sin in our lives, then maybe we retreat behind the shelter of shame. Or maybe we're just getting beat up emotionally by another person for no reason. It's like we have a destination to get to. And there's so much traffic that's bumper to bumper in those lanes of our lives. And we can't break free. And there's a diesel truck in front of us and some knucklehead behind us. And we're stuck. Relational problems, mental wholeness, physical rehab from extensive surgery, cancer treatments, ongoing conflict, painful addiction, and on and on. Why doesn't God just snap his fingers and say, enough, I'm done, so are you. Take this away. And the answer is, I don't know. He works in his timing, not Reverend Klinkenberg's timing. And what about the other side of the coin? The, the, The things that go so quick that we'd like to slow down next month I have a birthday that starts with a six and ends in a zero and it seems as if for me and maybe you identify a little bit that life is just gaining speed and gaining momentum 
The days of my demise are drawing closer. And it seems as if each moment is absolutely precious. And I lament wasting so many moments so much earlier in my life when I was a young man and had lots of bushy hair and no stress wrinkles upon my forehead. When I could ride a mountain bike up a hill without a motor. I remember those days just vaguely. I wish God would slow things down. And those poignant moments would last a lot longer. I think you know what I mean, Grandma and Grandpa, octogenarians and beyond, people who read the story of Abraham and Sarah and shake their head and said, I know exactly why they find this so funny. But Abraham and Sarah learn about how God works. And this morning we're drawn into this story as well. God's promise, God's covenant was that he would provide redemption through the, for the world through the generations of Abraham. And then to this point, God gives him exactly zero children. And now it's time, Lord. Now when our best years are behind us, now, now we're going to roll. And so again, they sing, they snicker in the tent. And Abraham laughs out loud. And the guy turns around and says, We'll see you in a year when the baby's in your arms. And Isaac said, Abraham said, sure, we'll see you in a year. But something beautiful was going to happen. God says out of a dead and dried up old couple of older people, God says, I will bring life. and I will bring redemption. And all the people of the world will be blessed. All the people of the world through one baby that's coming to you old folks. One person, one baby, one kind of joke to you but serious to God incident. And God promises he will bring life from death. And that's exactly what he does. As one year later there's Isaac and these two old people holding this little baby who is the hope of the world. We're working our way through the weeks before Easter that the church calls Lent. And one of our stops before Easter is Good Friday, is Calvary, where a promise made to Abraham, and to, where a promise made to Abraham thousands of years before is fulfilled. And it seems like it takes God so long to get up and to get after it. Why not just snap your fingers? Why not just whistle Dixie? Why not just Make it happen. So God doesn't look down at his calendar or his iPhone. And I think we know he has an iPhone and not an Android, but I'll preach that later. Abraham and Sarah have Isaac. And Isaac have two boys. And their names are Jacob and Esau. And they hate one another. But through Jacob's line, there's 12 boys there. Joseph and the people of God are taken into exile. And there's 400 years shot. And then to King David, and there's another 700 years shot. And then to the prophets, and there's another 400 years shot. And now you're 2,000 years into this promise. When are you going to operate? Pick up the truck and move it out of the lane and let's go. Put the hammer down. God says, you just wait. I promise to bless you through the seed of Abraham, and I gave you Isaac. 
And from one boy who had 91-year-old mom and a 100-year-old dad, God chose a virgin named Mary and a young daddy named Joseph. There was a little baby named Jesus. Galatians tells us that according to the fullness of time, God brought peace to humanity through the gift of the one named Jesus. He brought life from death again because that's what he does. That's who God is. Life and salvation, forgiveness and grace from one guy whose parents were completely infertile. God brought life. Amazing for me to see what God does in the fullness of time in our lives. How he brings good from bad, life from death, peace from chaos. That's what God does. He hasn't just kind of set the world moving in motion and then said, yeah, good luck. God continues to work in the fullness of time as he did with Abraham and Sarah, Mary and Joseph. Jesus, so too he works in your life. He works in your family like he worked in theirs. So if you're struggling with God's timing in your life this morning, I've got a couple things to share with you as we wind this down. First is this, that God works in your lives in the fullness of time. God doesn't need a watch. God doesn't need a calendar or any sort of timepiece. God works in the fullness of time. And so he's not stressed and he's not in a hurry, but he's also not slow or tardy from keeping his promises. God has not forgotten his promise to you. God has not abandoned you. God has not stepped away from you. Rather, he was working and working and working circumstances, working people, working timing, working history in your stead. And in your time of struggle, he's with you as surely as he was with Abraham and Sarah that day. You are not alone. And God's timing will work. And while that timing is working out, he grows two things in your soul. First, he grows a sense of faith. And that sense of faith is that something bigger is going on than just what you're sensing, seeing, and feeling. God is connecting you to himself through faith in Jesus Christ in a way that's bigger and grander than you can see from here. But looking back, you see and you say, it all made sense. How in the world did that work out that way? Over the course of a long life, we see the thread of God's love for us pulling together the squares of the vignettes of life and making this beautiful quilt of His faithfulness in our families and in our lives and in our life together. And the longer we go, the more detailed the quilt becomes. The richer and the deeper our reliance on God through his son, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Mary and Joseph, Jesus, our Savior. Maybe he's asking you to wait or to speed up because he's growing faith in you like he did in Abraham 
and Sarah. And finally, God uses all the events of your life, all of the circumstances, the breadth and depth, all of those things for your good. God doesn't put it on you. He's not like that. That's not his nature. For God so loved the world. God so loved you. What is God growing in your life right now? Have you been impulsive and he's growing patience? Have you felt alone and he's bringing you into community, into new friendships? Have you been broken by the circumstances of your past? And over the course of time, he's bringing you a sense of, of healing. Have you been absolutely frustrated with what's going on in your life? And you're thinking, when in the heck is this going to break? And God says, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Whatever God is doing in your life, he's doing it for your good over the course of his timing and yours. His timing, not mine. Not yours, not Abraham's, not Sarah's. His timing. His persistence. As it was with Abraham and Isaac, so it is with Joseph, Jesus, Mary. So it is with the people of God gathered not in a tent by a river, but gathered in a beautiful sanctuary with the voices of children singing the promises of Jesus and celebrating the timing of God right here, right now, being grown up in faith and being grown up in patience. In the precious name of Jesus, amen.